What's up, what's up, Illini Nation? Ricky Winter here, back for another edition of Locked On Illini right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. First off, I want to start off by saying I hope you guys had a happy holidays. You're enjoying the end of your 2019. This will be one of the last podcasts that we have for 2019 before we venture into the year of 2020. And this is going to be a complete red box ball podcast. I am recording this moments after our fighting Illini lost 36-20 to to the Cal Golden Bears in the red box ball. So this is just going to be completely about the game. I'm going to talk about my immediately feelings following the game. I'm going to focus on that targeting call that went against Illinois and about both sides and uh, how I'm kind of feeling about it because I'm not very happy about that call. And then we'll end the podcast taking a little bit of a preview look into the year 2020 and what next year could mean for our fighting Illini. But before I get into everything, a little bit of housekeeping here. First off, if you have not already, go follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Illini on Twitter. That's how I want for 2020, one of my big goals of the year. The big New Year's resolution is to have a mailbag, kind of have a more open conversation with you guys. That's one way you guys can communicate with me. You can also communicate with the podcast LockedOnIllini at gmail.com. You can also send me your thoughts and questions into the podcast there as well. And I'm trying to think, oh, for this week, the extra thing I'm adding into the housekeeping is how podcasts are going to go this week. So today we'll have the Red Box Bowl a um, little bit later, but then Tuesday I plan to do a podcast about the my best moments, the moments that I remember from the decade of Illini sports. On Wednesday, I'm going to do our normal scheduled podcast of looking to the Michigan State game this upcoming Thursday. So on Wednesday, I'll have our keys to victory or three things to look for um, with the Illini versus Michigan State in basketball. Thursday then, I am going to do a kind of three things or five things or kind of Things that we want to see as Illini fans in the year of 2020. Kind of like our little bit of a wish list. Might be three things, might be a little bit more. Haven't decided the number of how many I'm going to include. But that's, for the next few days, kind of some special things. Looking back on Tuesday, normal schedule of looking at the basketball game for Wednesday. And then Thursday, a little fun. What do we want to see for the year 2020? Because it'll be one of the first podcasts of the year 2020. But... Let's dive into this game. Illinois loses it 35-20. to And my first thought after this game was, did it matter if we won? Technically, no. And I mean, however you feel about bowl games, I mean, there are a couple where it's like, I'll be honest, the whatever bowl, the Bahamas bowl, the Red Box bowl, it's like, these are just for advertising. The only two that really matter are the semifinals and then the national championship, obviously. But this is one for especially Illinois. It's special for us because we actually made it to a bowl game this year. And I feel like the one thing that the fan base shouldn't lose sight of is the achievement in that alone. And I know that you might look, oh, but Ricky, these other schools, like it isn't a big deal if they make a bowl game because they're just expected to make a bowl game. And I kind of think to myself after this game, we're not there yet. Like, we got to take baby steps. We got to learn to crawl before we can walk, before we can run. We're not just going to jump in and be the Alabamas, be the LSUs. There's got to be some development there. So I think we got to take a look back and say this is a big achievement 
for this squad. Nobody thought at the beginning of the year that we would be bowl eligible. I mean, for me personally, I thought we would be 3-0 and to start the season and then maybe a win or two in conference play. Like, I maybe had us as a 3-5 to win team and five wins was kind of being like, oh, that was a really good season. I didn't expect us to win a lot in the conference. So, I mean, there there's that first off of the achievement of what we went through this season, the run we went on to get into bowl eligibility. But, I mean, on the flip side, this game is kind of a sour note because I know that there were a lot of inactives for this game. I know that the announcers kept bringing up how we don't have all. Brandon Peters doesn't have the same weapons that he's had all year for this game because let's be honest, like if you're not 100% this game, it's like, eh, you know what, take this one off. We'd rather have you ready for 2020 rather than play in this bowl games. But there's also the negative side of Illinois now ends this. We went on this run that started with the Wisconsin win. We beat Wisconsin, then we beat Purdue, then we beat Rutgers, and then we had that fantastic win against Michigan State. And now this kind of caps off kind of a low point for the season as well. Like, we lose to Iowa. I mean, didn't really expect to beat Iowa, but I know Peters gets injured in that game. We lose a close one. Northwestern, Robinson didn't really look good. We lose 29-10 to against a team that we probably should have beat. And then we lose in this bowl game. And I mean, for me, the game, I know that I saw a lot on Twitter of people bashing the Illini defense in this game. I, It comes down to the old adage of, oh, did so-and-so beat you? Or did you kind of let the game get away from you? And in this one, I think that Cal's quarterback, Gabers, he is a phenomenal prospect where I wouldn't be surprised if in draft conversations for next year, if we're not bringing up his name and I'm not saying he's going to be like a first rounder or anything, but he's going to be brought up. He is a fantastic talent. They showed the stat today where they're undefeated in games where he was fully healthy for that game. So, I mean, we just got beat by a good quarterback, I think, because you saw in many of his throws, like, the, the big one that killed us was we get the big punt that pins them like at their own two. And then we stop them on first down, stop them on second down. That third down play throws a pass to the sideline. Yeah, it had to be reviewed because the receiver had to make a fantastic catch just to hang on to it. But just the placement to make that throw. And there were other throws where it's like, wow, he is right on the money. I think we just got beat by a really good quarterback today. Plus, I know there was the movement on the line. They were creating those pick plays um, in this game that kind of put our defense into bad situations. The big one was that touchdown where the running back just went out in the flat, just throw it over, and boom, he's in for the touchdown on fourth down. That was on that same drive that was extended by that big third down play um, back when we pinned him at their own two. But, I mean... I think we should be proud of this season. I mean, six and seven, yeah, it's technically a losing record, but we didn't expect to be where we're at. We were totally like, we overachieved this year. The Illini overachieved in 2020 or in 2019. I'm already thinking it's 2020. No, Ricky, it's 2019. We overachieved in 2019. Now, the big question is, 
are we going to build on this or are we going to take a step back next year? I think that's the big thing for it. We're, I know Illini fans, I know you guys are just like me because I'm a fan just like you guys were. I want this team to be good. I want to be great. I want to be at the top of the Big Ten, and we strive for that so much, and I just feel like we harp on the negative so much. So for me, I'm taking away from this game that we got beat by a good quarterback. Next year's going to be a better year. I'm going to get into why later on. Yeah, this puts a damper on the end of the season, but remember how great this season was and the moment that was created and how we kind of overachieved this season. And let's hope we can build on it for 2020 next year. But we're going to take a short break here on the podcast. When I come back, we're going to take a look at that targeting call that was called against the Illini um, in this game. I'm going to give you my thoughts and opinions on that one because I have quite a bit to say on it. So we'll take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to kind of focus on that one play. But stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome back into the podcast on Illini Nation. Let's take a look now at just one play, one singular play from the Red Box Bowl that had Illini Twitter up in kind of arms, and it also had me up in arms as well. Late in this game, I want to say it was the third quarter, um, second half of this game, we had Milo Eifert, who there was a receiver, I believe it was a running back, caught it for Cal. He was going to make the turn right as he turned. Boom. Eifler was right there to meet him. And first off, let me tell you what I see. And I know that this created a kind of back and forth on Twitter between some of Illini Nation and the just California fan base as well. But right away, I just thought, hey, this was a hard football tackle because I know that the helmets do meet, but really you see Eifler lead with his right shoulder. Yes, I know it's at the neck area. Yes, I know that they kept saying defenseless receiver, and I say that because I'm upset about the call. There's no question about it, but I just, I feel like this is a problem for college football. This ruling is a problem for college football. And really, you can say the same thing for the NFL because I know that you, like when you watch, um, I think it's Fox Sports that Urban Meyer's on, where he's even brought up, where because of these rule changes, it has a kind of trickling effect where guys at this level have to change what they've learned ever since Pop Warner. So now it's like Pop Warner has to uh, teach them differently. If they're not teaching them differently, then they're learning how to tackle this way. And then when they get to us, we kind of have to reteach them how to tackle so that they don't get in trouble. But this was a hit to me where I feel like Eifler shouldn't have been 
ejected from the game. And I know I'm just going to throw it out there for the people who might be coming into this, who are not Illini fans, who uh, might be saying, well, Ricky, you know, it, it is technically like he should have been. I know that the ruling, they kept saying defenseless receiver and they kept saying like, oh, well, he should have just lowered his his hit point or his target area. When you're a football player going out there at full speed, I'll tell you this. I don't know Milo Eifert personally or Eifler personally. I'm not in his head. I'm not a telepath. I haven't developed that mutant power yet. But I will tell you this. When you're on the football field, you've got split seconds, basically quick reactions that you got to make. You don't have enough time to do anything when you are out there. Well, you have time to do something, but it's the move you got to do, but you're not going to sit there and go, okay, well, where do I want to hit him? Do I want to hit him here, there? Because if you're thinking that much, boom, the guy's running right past you into the end zone, and he wasn't thinking about it. He wasn't thinking, well, hey, I got to hit him here. He was just in like uh, instinctive. That's the word I'm looking for, an instinctive football play, and you even saw him when he got up. He's like, dude, I led with my shoulder. I didn't lead with the crown of my helmet. And I know that on Twitter, I saw a tweet as well about this that someone brought up like, oh, this is a problem. You have not just this game that had this in it, but it also cost um, Ohio State a chance at a national title because of this kind of play. And if you're unfamiliar, you didn't watch Ohio State Clemson in their semifinal game. What happened in that one was, Trevor Lawrence dropped back to pass. Um, Their safety slash linebacker, his last name is Ward, came in unblocked, met Trevor Lawrence, hit him in the same spot right in that neck area, and got him for a sack. Chase Young also came in from the other side, got him after the fact, and they brought Trevor Lawrence down. The difference in these plays is the Ward one that was in the semifinal game, the Ohio State game, I almost feel like that one was a tougher call because when he came in, he lowered his helmet and he kind of led with the crown of his helmet. Like, that to me is different. Where if you're going in leading with your head and that's the one where it's like, okay, helmet to helmet, lead with the head, maybe you should get tossed. But like in this case... He didn't do that. He led with his shoulder. And I know that the broadcasters even said, well, did it look malicious? Well, it's a freaking football play, people. Of course it's going to look malicious. Football is a violent game. And I just, I almost feel like the the hard hits of, we all know the hard hits of yesteryear are no more. I just, what like, in my mind, I thought, well, what do you want Eifler, Eifler to do? Do you want him not to hit him hard, go in with a weak tackle, and then boom, the pass catcher catcher runs him over, gets by him, and then Cal's got more yardage. Like, I don't know what they really wanted Milo Eifler to do here. He was trying to, yes, it, you could definitely pinpoint it with, and I'm using air quotes here, of malicious intent. He might have been trying to send a message, but as a defensive player, You've got to try to send that message sometimes like, hey, we're not going to take this. We are not going to back down. This was a game where Illinois was losing. So I don't think it was anything malicious as like Eifler didn't want to hurt the Cal player. But 
at the same time, you got to sit there and go, this is a football game. Players are going to be like, it's a violent game. It's not just like, oh, Eifler wants to go out there and tear everyone's heads off. No, he wants to make a strong tackle. He wants to make sure that the ball carrier, the receiver, doesn't get extra yards after making the catch. And plus, he and I'm, I've got it on my computer screen right now, just playing on loop as I'm talking to you guys. I almost see he kind of like, after he makes contact with the shoulder, he kind of gives a little elbow, kind of to be like, hey, maybe if I hit him with a little extra juice, that could bar, that can jar the ball loose. Then in that case, it either one of two happens. One of two things happens then. Either one, they say he did not make a football move and he didn't catch the ball. Or two, oh, he did. Oh, it's a fumble. Illinois can recover it. We can get the ball back. So, I mean, these are all things that are going through my head. I don't think Eifler should have been tossed. I know that people, and by the rule of the law, he should have been tossed because, I mean, it's the neck area. It was a defenseless receiver. You could definitely, like, some people could say and look at it and go, oh, yeah, he definitely threw a little juice on there, and it was uh, malicious intent. You could, and that's the whole thing. It's all subjective. It is all subjective in anything. I don't see any kind of um, subjective. I don't see anything where it's black and white. This is what it is. One person can see it one way. Another person can see it the other way. And this is just something that I think that all of football needs to rethink. Because, of course, we want player safety. I'm not saying don't go out there and make the player safe. But, I mean... At the same time, I feel like it's like the tweet that I sent out with Lockdown Illini. It's impossible to be a defensive player anymore because you've got to think so much about what you do. And if you got to think too much out there on the football field, you're not going to be able to do your job at the level that you have to in order to win games, in order to stop the offense. So to me, yet again, BS call. I wouldn't have called like I wouldn't have even called it targeting. I would have called it the other way, then review like then reviewed it for targeting. Because once you call it targeting, unless you have clear proof that it's not, you can't reverse the call, which I think is kind of BS anyways, because of like I said, it's not black and white. But let me know what you guys think about the hit. I think it was just a strong football hit. He wasn't trying to hurt the Cal player, and he shouldn't have been tossed. In this game, but obviously, let me let me know what you guys think at Lockdown Illini, Lockdown Illini at gmail.com, or you can tweet me personally at Ricky Widmer. But we're gonna take one more break. When I come back, we're gonna take kind of a look to next year, 2020, kind of our pre pre or our pre preview, the preview before the preview for 2020. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. All right, Atlanta Nation, let's close out the podcast taking a look at our, like I said, our pre-preview for the 2020 season for Illinois football because this ends the 2019 season. Now all we can look forward to is next year. And first off, like I mentioned in the first topic of the show, the biggest thing I want to see next year out of Illinois football is improvement because I kind of feel like it's a double-edged sword where you got to look at it where, okay, Wisconsin was a better team than us. They should have beat, should have beat us. I know that it's like 
this should have, could have, if everything was on paper, then football wouldn't be entertaining. You got to go out there and play the games, but they should have beat us. They were the sixth-ranked team in the nation. We were not, and we went ahead and won that game. You also look at Michigan State. Probably should have beaten us. We were playing in East Lansing. They were a higher-ranked team than us. People expected them to win that game. We kind of took destiny into our own hands. On the flip side, we should have beat Eastern Michigan, and they beat us. So we've seen kind of the yin and the yang both of this season. But the fact is that we finished with six wins in this season. We can't go back to being the team that we were record-wise just the year before. We can't go back to being a four-win team team we need to improve and one of the things that they mentioned on the broadcast um, that the announcers did was that Illinois could be the Minnesota of next year and I know a lot of people like doing this they like looking for who's going to be that team like next year who's going to be the Joe Burrow of next team like draft people are like oh who's going to be that that Baker Mayfield, who's going to be that Joe Burrow, that quarterback that starts out as like the fifth, sixth ranked quarterback and then rises their way all the way to the top of the draft board. Who's going to be that guy? Well, we're looking at the Big Ten. Who's going to be the Cinderella? Who's going to be the Minnesota next season? And to look at that, first off, you have to take a look at Minnesota this year. They had a very easy non-conference schedule, and they honestly started off their Big Ten schedule with easy teams. Purdue, not that great of a team this year. Us, early in the season, not an amazing team. We didn't catch our mojo until that Wisconsin game, which was, what, two weeks after we had played Minnesota, um, then they played Nebraska, who was not a strong team this year. Then they played Rutgers, who wasn't a strong team this year. Then they played Maryland, who was not a strong team this year. They had a very, very easy schedule. Now, when they got to Penn State, did they get the job done? Yeah, they got the job done. But look at Iowa took care of business. Wisconsin took care of business. And I know it just you say, well, Ricky, you said it's football. You got to go out there and play the games. And Wisconsin and Iowa did what they needed to do to beat Minnesota. But Minnesota jumped out to a, what, 8-0 record? Because I would say their first eight games, was they weren't tough. Their entire season in strength of schedule was backloaded. They had all of their tough opponents later in the season. So how does that compare to the Illini next season? Well, if we look non-conference, we've got a fairly easy non-conference schedule. Illinois State to start on September 4th. That should be a win. The UConn Huskies, I I want to say that that's going to be a win. We beat them this year at UConn. Now we get them at home in Champaign. That could easily be a win. Beat them this year. Now we get them at home. Bowling Green should be another team that we take care of. However, as Illinois fans, I do have to throw out there, 
we all thought that we would beat Eastern Michigan at home. We did not. I'll get into why maybe we don't think like that next season. Then we have the bye week, which we're off the September 26th, kind of rushed up before conference play. Then you look at our first three Big Ten conference games. Our first one is against Rutgers, so I believe it's Greg Schiano is now the head coach um, at Rutgers. He's coming back to New Jersey. We play them on the road, but they're going to be a team that we should easily beat. Nebraska, depending on what kind of strides they make this offseason, what strides they make early in September, we could easily beat them. And then we get our homecoming game on October 17th, where we go ahead and we play Purdue on the, like I said, October 17th. So right there, we could be a six and, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we could be a six and O team coming into this kind of late October, because then in like late October, we get Minnesota, but they're going to be coming here to Champaign. Then on Halloween, we're going up to Camp Randall. That's going to be a bit of a game. Yes, Iowa comes to us, but they're Iowa. So, I mean, Iowa is going to be a tough game. At Indiana, that'll be an interesting one um, just because Indiana's that team where, yes, they might not be the top of their division, but they can squeak out wins and kind of play up on you. Uh, Maybe that's a win for us. Maybe that's not. Way too early to tell right now. Um, Then Ohio State, which... They're going to have Justin Fields back. They're going to be a really good team. I don't care if they're coming to Champaign. That is probably going to be a loss unless we turn things around quickly. And then Northwestern. Yeah, at Evanston, but let's see what kind of Northwestern team we get. So, I mean, there's a possibility that this Illinois team starts out 6-0, and but then how many wins are we going to get within those final, what, one, two, three, four, five, six games? So we start out 6-0. and Are we going to be an eight-win team? Can we beat Minnesota in Champaign? Can we go to Bloomington, Indiana, and get the win over the Indiana Hoosiers? The thing that helps us is, they mentioned it on the broadcast, is we're going to have a ton of people returning. You look at right now, I mean, you've got Bebe, Eater Maddie Bebe, uh, coming back. We're going to have Casey Washington still. Danny Navarro is going to be um, back here. Our entire offensive line, except for, I think, uh, Richie Pettenbaum. Um, Let's see. Yeah. Um, So Richie won't be with us. He's a senior. But you look, we've got Brandon Peters coming back. We've got, um, I mean, we lose Dre Brown. We're going to lose Reggie Corbin. But our running backs, we've got guys coming in that are going to help. We've got redshirt grad transfers who redshirted this year that are going to be playing next year. Our defense is littered with guys that will be back next year. So, I mean, this is an Illinois team that I think 2020 has got to be the, it's got to be the year where I'm not saying we're going to be at the, the, here's the Minnesota thing coming into play. We're not going to be Minnesota in the fact of, I don't think we compete for the top of the West because like Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio state, even Minnesota, those are question marks to me. Like until we like 
Until we prove we can beat a team and it not be like, whoa, we beat Wisconsin. That was a shocker. Um, we got to see what this team looks like. But especially those first six games, this team should be able to win. I'll say even the first five, even if we take Purdue out of it, this team should be able to be 5-1, and 6-0, one, and oh, one of those two coming into the Minnesota game on October 24th. Next year is just going to be how do we finish and how do these players mature over the season and get better as the year goes on. So I think 2020 could be a really special one, and it has to be. We don't want to take a step back and go back to being a four-win team and being the laughingstock of the Big Ten yet again. But per always, let me know what you guys think, either on Twitter at LockdownIllini, at Ricky Widmer, LockdownIllini at gmail.com. Um, one more time, the schedule for the week. So tomorrow morning, uh, Tuesday, there will be a podcast out about some of the best moments that I remember in Illinois sports history for the last decade. So from 2010 until now, I'm going to talk about my personal feelings with those moments and the ones that stand out the most for me. Then Wednesday, we will have our podcast kind of previewing the Illinois-Michigan State game. I'll give you keys to victory, kind of what to look for in that game. Thursday, kind of our wish list of Illinois fans. What do we want to see for the year 2020? What is on our things to be excited for for the year at hand? Because 2020 is coming upon us. Um, I will talk to you tomorrow. So um, if you don't check out the podcast beforehand, have a great new year. I hope 2019 was great for you guys. I hope it ended the right way. I hope 2020 is going to be a great year, not just for Illini Nation, but you in your own life. I hope everything goes swimmingly for you in the new year to come. But that is going to do it for the podcast today. I want you guys to take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you tomorrow when we take a dive into the last decade of Illini sports. But as always, have a good day, everybody.